Saying low, Apple Music. The first time I ever met Tanache, and we discussed this in the conversation that's coming up, was around the song Two On. It was a smash hit record already, which is why she made her way over to London and was promoting it. We had a, a live conversation on my radio show at the BBC, and it was really interesting because she was instantly that charismatic superstar that everybody knows Tanache is. But something in the way she answered her questions just didn't feel complete. I wasn't sure if it was the jet lag or just being a new artist with a smash and trying to sort of take it all in. But it makes a lot more sense now when you see the kind of journey that Tanache has been on since that song, right through to her latest brilliant album, which is, I mean, getting insane reviews. Fans over the moon. People are calling it easily her best record yet. And what's really important about her story is it's all completely independent. Tanache took back control of her business and her life during the whole kind of challenging joyride era. She'd released a lot of mixtapes and had some real success, but that album just, just was tough, you could tell. I'd spoken to her again around that time, and the feeling I got from her was, aside from making the music, it just the whole infrastructure wasn't really working in, in harmony. So, the first chance I got to really speak to Tanache since she's gone completely independent is this conversation you're about to hear in the interview series. And we have a lot to get into. We both knew we were just going to kind of dive straight into the story thus far and get as, as much honesty and reflection, really in an inspiring way as possible, because I think that's what Tanache ultimately is, is she's an incredibly inspiring story. She's an artist who sort of got pulled into the showbiz framework, didn't like how it felt, pulled herself out of it, and has now built the kind of career and the business model that all young artists should be inspired by. So if you're an artist, enjoy this. If not, you're just interested and you're a fan of hers, or maybe you just check out the interview series just to learn something about new music and new artists. You're going to love this one. This is me and Tanache diving into the future because it's super bright. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm like so excited. Like I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm, th I'm thrilled as well for you. I think this music is, well, you've always made incredible music, but I feel like the human experience is now meeting the creative experience and harmony. Yes. Thank you. I feel like this is an entirely new chapter, honestly, for me, because when I was making music, I think I've had a, a definitely a journey in terms of how I've viewed myself as the creative. And I think when I first started, it was very much like DIY. I was filming everything, all my music videos myself. Yeah. I was recording my music People in my room. People forget you came from mixtape culture and you were right. doing this before anybody else got yes. involved. So like I had that really raw spirit, that raw energy. And I think that that really created something special and maybe along the way, along the course of my journey, there were definitely times where things are... I guess, events that would make me question that creative voice that kind of always just kind of spoke through me, which is like my instinct and in following that. Yeah. And getting back to that now with this new music and everything and just like everything feeling so like in alignment and just like everything falls into place. Wicked. So Let's talk about everything then. Let's yeah, get into let's it. Do it. You know, it's it's funny you talk about the idea of of other opinions, other things getting in the way of your instincts. And I think that's a construct of success more often than not. And people yeah. forget that when you get 
a certain level of attention that leads to a certain level of investment, which leads to more success, which right. leads to more of a connection to that infrastructure. And you lose the center of where you came from a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's a very insidious process how that happens, I think. It's not something that just happens overnight. It's no, not it's like a frog person. in a pot of boiling water. It really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. You just don't even realize that maybe you're taking into consideration the opinions of your fans now. You have the media. You have, you know, all these people that, potentially run a very successful business that are trying to guide you in a way that you trust is the right direction, but maybe something just isn't aligning. And that's, it's really hard to then find, to refine that voice in that center. And for me, once I was able to do that, I think it just like, it clicked and it just feels so much better. I don't pr pretend to know you very well, but every time I've ever spoken to you, I've always really enjoyed it. And you know, I'm a fan of your music. Yeah, thank you. But I'm going to make a bold observation. Back in 2018, when we spoke around Joyride, mm -hmm. there wasn't the joy I see right now. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I think with that album, it was a process because I had a, a kind of a disagreement in terms of what that project looked like. I think I initially went into it with like all this excitement coming out of my debut album and like wanting to explore all these sounds. And we just weren't kind of in alignment, me and my record label at the point. And it took three years, I think, for that project to come out. And for me, psychologically, I don't know. It's painful. Like, yeah, the struggle of wanting to release a body of work and then and not really feeling the support within your community and just kind of questioning then why that is. And it led me down a path of, of kind of just feeling like I had to kind of fulfill an obligation to that project as opposed to digging deep and finding the joy within the music at that time. So I think that that's probably what makes that album feel a little bit stale or that era was very, for me, it was very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And now just having this mentally, just the sense of freedom, the freedom sense of boundlessness. Freedom is the word. That's yes. the word that keeps coming up on this record. Yes. It comes up in the videos yeah. and in the way you move. Like, And we'll get to the choreography and the dancing because I feel like that plays a central role in your happiness at the moment. Totally. I, I haven't seen too many people. You see a lot of choreography within within music videos and in you know on stage and in movies and whatnot. But when you dance, I feel like... It's coming from your soul right Thank now. You. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dance has always been, you know, an extension of how I translate my music. Yeah. And I think now even like as we get back to be able to like perform and, and put out things, I'm just like so excited to, to continue that movement expression. You felt a disconnection and a resistance within your immediate community of, of the team you were with from a label and surrounding. Mm -hmm. But what Joyride actually did, I think, from my perspective as a fan, was it created a support, a huge level of support within your fan community. It did. Because you came out and announced it. We had to wait for it. Yeah. And people realized like, she's not happy. Right. And then when you decided you wanted to take back your happiness, there was just universal applause from your fans. And it must have felt nice to know that in a weird way, out of that struggle came something ultimately positive. Oh, absolutely. I think I would not have become the artist that i become if I hadn't gone on the, the journey. And I'm very thankful that I was able to have the low points, quote unquote, when they happened, because it did teach me so much. And I feel like I learned from that experience. And that's, you know, all you can ever ask from tribulation in life is that you could take that experience, use it to make yourself better, apply it to, you know, how you move forward. And I think that I've really done that. And that's why I'm really proud of myself with this project, because I just feel like I took all of the 
things that I learned about what I didn't want to do, about how I didn't want to move, about like what doesn't feel right. And it's really helped me develop just a much more centered idea of what my art and my project and my purpose is. But that's why I was so excited to speak to you at this point in your journey. And and I would have loved to have talked to you about your album and the door's always open. You know that. Mm-hmm. But when Scott was like, oh, you know, I was like, yes. Because to me, it's the everything. It's It's really a sage mentality, I think, to get to a point where you're able to identify that success is not somebody else's metric. Totally. And that everything else people construct around you, you can do away with. And it's all through this album. I mean, the first song is called Let Go. Two of the single most, if not the single most important words in a row you can ever apply to your life because in order to be born, there has to be a process of letting go. And before you go, the last thing you're going to do, whether you like it or not, is let go. Absolutely. And I think that that is a mantra that I've really tried to embrace over the last couple of years, especially holding on to things that maybe just in all aspects of my life, whether it be like career goals that I had that maybe accolades that I wanted to achieve that I was holding on to like really so desperately as if this was why I was in the music business, which it is not. And refocusing that to, you know, my personal life and things that I were going through, relationships in my business, all of the above, just kind of learning how to kind of release things and like just let the universe then come back to you, which is something that maybe you can even always have an awareness about. It takes practice though. It, oh, it's a practice. Absolutely. is is much, much harder. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And it and it it takes it takes a discipline. It does. People think the idea of letting go, there's this thing about letting go, I just let go. It's like, oh, it's lazy. Oh, you just let go. It's lazy. It's the opposite. It is. And a lot of the times I think the mantras and the things that we're urged to apply by those who seem to have a deeper understanding of true happiness and being in the moment are given this negative sort of impression or the sentiment around these statements. And it's almost like, <laughs> this is such a weird thing to say, but it's almost like pop culture or the things that that feed off of our anxiety yeah. have come together and gone, no, 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 we need to put a negative spin on that. Yeah. And I think that comes from a place of people are afraid. And when people are afraid to do things, they always can apply yeah, a fear. negative spin to it. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll look at this from a perspective of, it's not that easy. What do you mean, let go? Like, that's not something I want to do. And especially when it comes to the ego, the ego absolutely fights back against ah, any type of letting go. The ego is, a, yeah, exactly. The ego is like crazy. And being able to like learn how to maintain, especially in an industry like the music wow, industry. This is something I'm super Ooh. interested in because I've I've spent a lot of my life talking to artists who have, including myself, everybody has mm-hmm. to use their ego to get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And your fuel is your fuel. It is. Your fuel comes from fracture and it comes from disconnection and sadness and tragedy. That is powerful fuel. And we yes. use it to apply and we apply it and we achieve. But then the things that we achieve turn on us if we're not careful and that's where the ego gets gnarly it can play tricks on you you know i think about this album and i think about how far you how much ground you cover and Mm -hmm. just you've always to me been take this the right way please perfect weirdness like it's like you. you totally take risks creatively you've never been this person who sits in a box it's just we're all figuring it out now so when there isn't a record label, or, and no disrespect, I'm sure there are good people at the label. I'm not totally sort of, are absolutely. I'm not bringing them in to kick them around. Just as an example, though, anybody in your circle who's giving you some kind of structure, mm-hmm. like this producer, that's a structure. Totally. We need a song on this radio format. Structure. Totally. When you don't have any of that stuff, where do you start? 
for me, it was just experimenting. I would get in the room and I would say to the producers, like, what's the weirdest beat that you have? Because they would always play me something that to me would sound like something that they thought I would want yeah. every time. No, no 101 in a producer-writer world is to write something you think the artist wants when they walk in. It never do works. Do not. Yeah. Do not. So for me, it was finding the opposite of what they thought I wanted and then kind of deconstructing it from there. Yeah. And I think that that was a really fun process of... It's, it's interesting because as far as we go, because sometimes we experiment really far out, we kind of always bring it back to a certain extent as well. And I think that that's that's kind of where my sweet spot lies in, in terms of experimentation and also kind of creating music that, you know, people can sing along to, in a sense. Well, one of my favorite songs, Small Reminders, comes in. That. Oh my God, I love that song <laughs> so much. That song comes in like classic, timeless R&B mm-hmm. with the real high tambourine, the yep. whole thing, multiple rhythmic movements. And then it just goes off into like almost three or four different suites. And by the end of it, I honestly think that that last minute of that song is one of the best minutes on the record. Thank you. Just what you're saying and the way you're saying it, it's like a love letter to yourself. It's like you're trying to nurture yourself. How did you make that piece of music? Where did that come from? It was a journey in, in terms of creating it and and reflecting it sonically, how I wanted to go through the motions. But I think it started off with the main piece of music at the beginning, which is time is racing, life feels so long, don't go wasting before it's all gone. And having that kind of sentiment of being joyful in that, but also there's like a reflectiveness in yeah, that. There's yeah. there's a, it kind of circles back. And when the music slows down and has that moment at the end, I think that that's a moment of reflectiveness. And I kind of, I think literally talk about looking in the mirror. And I also think that while I was creating this record, there was a lot of self-reflection going on. And I think that that was one of probably, to me, the best things that I took out of lockdown era was just having so much time to to sit with myself and like really look at my thought patterns and like how I was consuming media and and how I was, you know, applying myself to the culture, how I was a part of this world and even just like, you know, mentally, psychically, how I was a- applying myself to the to society. Yeah. Well, it, what was interesting was it seemed to me from, you know, I follow you on social media and I could see yeah. the way you were showing up in the last 18 months that you had developed a sense of self-awareness which led to a greater awareness and suddenly you, you felt you knew where your voice mattered. Absolutely. And you really started to make your voice heard. And, you know, that, that could be a really scary place even when you have something to say on social media because you're opening yourself up to that. How did you feel when you began that process? Was it a sense of freedom and relief knowing that you had- Absolutely. A, yeah. I think that was really kind of coming back to that same thing, just freedom. Just knowing that I have a platform, I'm able to use it in ways that I don't need to be afraid of this, that, the third, what people are going to say, what, you know, entities will think and just- to me, that's like the core of being a good person is not co- taking into consideration yeah, the, yeah. the fears that trusting like maybe, the truth. Yeah, and just speaking from from your core, and that I really try to reflect on that and really embody that with this project and, and this era. What an exciting time! And to realize this at a point in your life where you have so far of yeah, a journey I'm to go. For what's to come? Of course, because <laughs> and I can tell because at the beginning of the Pasadena video. Again, there's this sense of celebrating the child mm-hmm. in you. And like this was who 
I was. And, and it's really incredible to see you with your family just as a, as a, as a little kid, just yeah. the joy of what's to come. And I wonder whether that was a symbolic in a weird way to where you stand now, because the look in your eyes then when mm. no one got in your way and no one told you what to do is kind of similar to how you look now in a weird way. Totally. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's just something to me that is so important that sense of 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 boundlessness and freedom has been something i think since i was young that just feels so natural to me and so crucial to me that any time that that has been maybe taken away i have like a very adverse reaction to it like i remember like being in high school and just like not wanting to be there just feeling like this is not i don't need to be in this system and how that's kind of reflective of even you know being in, in, the, in the industry in the industry, and then being like, I don't want to be a part of this system and seeing kind of all the issues with like how we're boxing each other in by genres even. Okay, like- all right. I'm going to go right back there. <laughs> so the first time we ever met was in the UK at Radio 1. You yeah. came in, two on era. Yes. And it was clear to everybody that you were a superstar. The song still to this day is a classic. It's such a classic. Such a classic. But it was so funny because for someone who was riding a wave like that, yeah. again, you just were like, something just didn't feel like it was gelling with you. That's so interesting. You were just, you know, it was like, I could tell you were happy to be there, but I just, and so the question out of that, because mm-hmm. that's just my impression. It could have been totally different, but it just felt that way was, what does success feel like to yeah. you? At first, all I remember is that it was a whirlwind. And I was kind of taken aback by the fact that I was kind of pushed into this place by this song that I was not expecting. I had this album that then immediately followed and and it was absolutely received with, you know, people loved love. it. Loved <laughs> Still do. Absolutely. But I think it was it was interesting because I don't know that people expected that after hearing Two, two on, on, which came, you know, some months later. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that was then constantly a a process of getting my audience to know who I was because they were always questioning which or which part of me was genuine. Well, it's different. Back then, I feel like that was a really confusing time for fan bases yeah. because we weren't dealing with the, the level of, of freewheeling creativity that artists can move in now. Now mm-hmm. it's almost like if you're not doing 15 things yeah. in, in a body of work, then you have to be exceptional just to do one. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I think for me... At the time, there was a lot of questioning. Yeah, like, are you R&B? Is she hip-hop? Uh, the single that followed it was sonically completely different. Yeah. And it featured ASAP Rocky and, like, still one of my favorite songs. But it was just, it was very interesting because I also remember at the time wanting to release How Many Times, which was a song that I had with Future that had a Janet sample. And it was much more R&B. And the discrepancy within the building of my label, like, which direction do you go? We can't promote this single at this format while simultaneously promoting it at this format. And for me, that I always felt like I fell in between that crack right in between. It's constantly been something that I've had to, I guess, learn about myself and, and teach my audience as well as, as the journey unfolds. That's the best part about it is and you just said as the journey unfolds, that is the point. Mm-hmm. We get so result obsessed. Absolutely. Especially in this business. Yeah. Like your dreams can rise or fall depending on whether a programmer in some part of the world you've never met, yeah. doesn't know your story, has no real connection to you apart from does this appeal to my audience share, can completely dismantle your dream. Like totally. that feels broken to me. Yeah. I so, think so. As someone who made a decision, conscious decision to go independent 
and to control your narrative and your creative. What is the answer to that from being inside the different room? Because a lot of artists are still in the other room still. Absolutely. And I think that obviously I'm really blessed to have that foundation because I'm able to to move forward from a different place than people who maybe are just have been independent their entire careers. However, I think for me, it was something that both felt really natural to my core, but also maybe at times has been confusing to my head. And, And knowing that I want to be in the same space and within the same machine as artists that are signed to major labels and and wanting to be parts of those conversations and knowing that there is, I guess, some level of sacrifice in going independent in terms of budget, in terms of, totally. you know, promotional things, you know, your reach. It's harder. But for me, it's been so much more fulfilling that I just have to trust that that is, that's the path that I meant to take. This album is just delivers on your previous, your first independent release. It, it further delivers on all of that sense of creative excitement. And if I was just to take one element out to focus on right now, mm-hmm. vocally, thank you. easily your best performance you, on any you. record. Thank you. And it sounds like you were having a lot of fun experimenting and trying things with your voice because there wasn't that like, oh, it's got to fit this format or the structure. Like, totally. like I, even the song we were talking about before we came on the air, which was the first one I heard in the order I got, which was 333. The way it starts, like it's so incredible. You have this wonderful sort of almost meditation chord and then this harmonic note comes in and it just ends. Yeah. It's like, just cool shit like that. And the silence. Yeah, the silence is everything. Before the track starts, it's just everything. Because I was like, what, is my system broken? Like, what yeah. just happened? And then when the song starts, it's such a, just a beautiful, like a wave crashing on the shore. Like, just the Thank structural you. ideas must have been really fun for you because it is a structurally ambitious body of work. Thank you very much. Well, the silence specifically. I've always been inspired by James Blake and his use of silence. Right, right, right. So I wanted to, to I wanted to incorporate that on this project. But um, yeah, I think... That song is is a perfect example of, of, to me, it doesn't fit like a particular genre at all. And that's why I love it is because it's just a sonic experience. And I, I wasn't kind of limited by that mentality of like, oh, this. It has to go to, from this connection to this connection right, to this, this connection. This is how it's structured. This yeah. is how it's formatted. You know, you got your bridge and then you got your hook and then you got your post hook. Um, and just like not following those rules. Like forget the rules. So let's talk a little bit about life because it's all over this record. Yeah. For you to get to a place where you seem incredibly centered and balanced mm-hmm. requires significant lifestyle changes. Totally. What were the changes that you made to get yourself back into a great place? First thing was just kind of cutting out or just reintegrating people in my life that I feel like are really purposeful and making sure that every relationship and every part of my life is, is adding value. Has value. Yeah, because I think it, it's it's easy. I especially am an extremely loyal person. So I can find myself in situations where it's like I've been maybe being loyal to a situation that isn't necessarily serving me. I restarted my entire, like all my business relationships. Tough. I found new, you know, business managers, lawyer, management, you know, creative, makeup, hair. Someone styling. who is loyal by nature, that is a real growth process totally. because you have to, that goes against your instincts. It does. And 
But at the same time, it doesn't. So it's it's hard it's hard to then find that. Instincts is the wrong word. Maybe it goes against something that you feel is at the core of your being right. at the time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What I identify is like a strong part of who I am, I right. suppose. Yeah. But identify an identity, interesting words. Right. It's it's so true. And I think that that's, that's been one of the ways that I've really grown up over the last few years is just being really mindful of, of all of these relationships and where I spend my time and also just bringing it back to myself as well and, and showing myself that kind of like unconditional like, yeah. love and attention. You know, I think that that's really important. You know, I think that a part of what drives the artistic spirit in the first place is the opposite of what you've, the conclusion you've come to. Mm-hmm. which is uh, I need that validation. Oh, yeah, totally. Because something inside of me is empty and I don't know how to fill it. Yeah. And you got to take the time to do it yourself. But are you sort of any closer to understanding what created that space where creativity and performance and the desire to reach people and build a community around you, that was what you thought was going to be the food? I don't think it was obvious to me. I think that there's been times in my life where other things have maybe been more important, like success, fame, you know, these these types of accolades, like number ones, platinum records. Being appreciated by the people you appreciate Likes. is a big one. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think um, the thing for me that has always kind of brought me back to that place in finding space is just recognizing within myself that that is ultimately what does make me happy. What drives it all is that sense of creative, like freedom, being able to do what I want and make what I want. Like that's the, that's like all I want to do ever. And to get kind of convoluted and and to get caught up in, in the other aspects of celebrity and fame and and those things are awesome and they're great and they they like you said they trick you into thinking like oh yeah this is why I do it it's so I can see my family you know prosper financially it's so I can drive the Ferrari and so I can like do all these things and those have you been there have you been there have you been in that space where that has mattered more than anything else have you been in that pocket I don't think it's like actively that it has but it just gets it gets mixed in so much right. that, that maybe you can't tell the difference right 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 because you start thinking that maybe art and success are somehow yeah. synonymous <laughs> yeah, they're not mutually inclusive right. at all right and and realizing that I think takes some level of, I don't know, sacrifice maybe, yeah. or, or just kind of, yeah, like splitting from that and, and being okay with that. And there are moments where you think like, if, if, you know, the success and like the accolades and the interviews with people like you end right now, like, what would I do? And I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I just don't feel like I would ever stop making things. I don't feel like I would ever stop creating discipline is something I think you're teaching a lot of young artists. Mm -hmm. Again, not a word that people want to apply to the arts because it's supposed to be this free play space. Yeah. But if you want to perform to the level you're performing at right now and be involved in the creative across your whole business and get the videos within the vision that you have, get those things right, discipline, huh? Totally. Absolutely. And I think I feel really great when I'm locked into that place and I'm just like, making all these decisions and having all these moving parts. And, and that really feels when I'm kind of like in flow. So it's a natural thing, but it's easy to get out of that flow. It's easy to look at your career or look at a moment 
and get lost in the moment. But I feel like the difference in having a long-term career, long-term success, or being able to keep going is all those that attention to detail and going back and and making sure that every single creative involved, every single part of the process is the best it can be. And having having the ability to also like hold yourself and your team and everyone accountable for all of that. I think it's like so critical, so crucial. I'm thinking about the video bounce and what an unbelievable expression Thanks. that is. Like the choreography in that is one of the most unbelievable things. Thank you. Just must've been so much fun to do, but also, you know, really challenging as well. Be- oh my gosh. Because, uh, you know, it, it is that that highest level of choreography and dancing that mm-hmm. when you see someone at the top of their game and the dances that you built around you never take from you. Mm. But that moment when you all reveal each other one by one by one yeah. is so crazy. Thank so, you. so just to talk me through the video because when I watched it, it really was, I was like, wow, this is just so incredible. Yeah. Well, it started with the vision of just having the trampolines. Like I just had, I was like, I have this vision. Yeah. And trying to explain it to everyone. I was yeah. like, okay, you know, okay, go. Yeah. The music video yes. here yes. goes again yes. with the, with the, uh, treadmills. treadmills and just how awesome that video was in, in the way that they incorporated this like mundane object in a ironic and yet not completely unironic way. Yes. And it was awesome. Yes. I was like, I want to do that. But you did more than that. It's like you <laughs> created a new style of dance. It's like the way that you're work, you. you're using gravity. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, dancing is a constant fight against gravity at oh, all yeah. times. You are going almost, it's almost like you shot the video in reverse. Yeah. Well, Does that make sense? It. Yeah. I mean, it was hard. Like we were, we had bruises. No all doubt. Of our knees. We, people were throwing their hips out. Like it was like, it was a real, it was a real thing. So the fact that we achieved it and, yeah. and kind of captured it, I was just, I'm really excited about so that. When, so, okay, do you get emotional when you watch something back and it gets to that point where you know you achieved it or you yeah. listen to something back? Does it strike you? I know it's a strange question because of course you wouldn't release it, but I mean, overly emotional. How do you feel, I guess is the question. I feel like, honestly, those moments are hard to come by when you truly get emotional because you you are kind of going through the motions. You're like, you're making this decision then you're like, okay, now I got to post it. Now I got to do this. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Like, it's just, it becomes part of just like, how the process but that's so critical to enjoy those and to have those moments of reflection so I try to have them as much as I possibly can I try to especially when I'm like complaining I try to be like okay wait I'm really grateful (laughs) you know oh that's interesting because like (laughs) everyone on the earth has a right to complain once in a while that's like part of what creates space (laughs) you gotta let it out right but then you're trying to build this you're practicing this of building this world around you of gratitude to create balance and equilibrium Mm -hmm. so what's your relationship like with frustration yeah I think to me it's just presenting it in a way where you don't let it get too deep and it's being able to go through emotions, feel them, use them or take the lesson out of them to apply them to make it better, find a solution or to just feel sadness, disappointment, frustration, whatever, and then move through that emotion, like recover. I feel like that's the growth is the recovery period. Yeah, yeah. It's not that you ever don't ever get frustrated or it's not that you don't ever get disappointed. It's that you can recover faster. Well, if you don't recover, it becomes part of your next learning. Totally. And you learn less and less and less. Yeah. And, that lead, and that's where ignorance comes from. And I feel like the shadows or like the tail ends of, of the things that we go through all the time bleed into like other things that we do. 
And before you know it, there's like a, a whole accumulation of like all these things. And, and and it's just important to kind of move through those things so that you don't hold on to. Yeah. It, you can only hold on to so much. And I feel like especially when you're creative and you're and you're using that as, you know, the thing that always kind of moves you forward to let the emotion overwhelm you. It happens to artists all, all the time. Like we're very emotional beings. So if we hold on to it all the time, as opposed to using the music to kind of like release it, I think it can be dangerous. So I get it. I, th- I have this thing where I try to present my best and protect the rest mm, yep. as much as I can. Yeah. But that can be that can be bad. That too. can be bad because then you that's my point. You can end up repressing this actual natural need to just go, oh, this is pocket. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with saying that to your point, as long as you get to a place where you're able to have self-awareness to recover, learn from it, and and preserve the relationship. Actually, some strength, I think. You talked about emotion. Again, it's all the way through this record. Even the even the you know, the most up-tempo songs, you're never far away from trying to strike an emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. How do you feed your emotions in a healthy way? Where do you go to to give them a stretch? Um, <laughs> I think for me it's the music always is the way that I'm able to express them. And what about other people's music? Oh, other people's music as well. Totally. I think that that's always when I felt the most melancholy or like the most deep is when I'm kind of like listening to music. What gets For some you? reason, it just brings it out. Like Justin Vernon gets. I was just about to say. <laughs> I was literally. Just about to say. I mean, his music. All right, so I could listen to the four Emma forever ago, and I'll just be like, uh, oh "God, this song." <laughs> it feels. This song here, just the way that it starts, the first opening notes, and you the fact you have to wait for it. Mm. Oh my god! Like I'm out, out. I'm out, out. and is it's, that Perth? And it's just something about. The way that he's able to create structure through emotion and vice versa. Yeah. It's never this thing that feels or sounds thought through. Yeah. It just feels instinctual. And I think that's why it brings it out of you because it's just like, it's that natural part of you that is within him that makes that art. You're a painter. That's it. I've worked it out. You're like Justin. You're like Frank. You paint. Totally. Right? Absolutely. You, you go to your music and you're like, that's what that part of the, of the canvas needs mm-hmm. to make you feel something when you look at it from this angle. It's about creating sonic landscapes. I know it's a kind of a more obvious thing, but I want to pay respect to, to some of the collaborators on this record. Oh, yeah. Because you cover some great ground. And I want to start with Cash. She's awesome. Awesome. And I had this thing about Cash Page where I'm like, when are you all going to catch up? Yeah. Like, when are you all going to figure it out? Hopefully we help. This will help. This will definitely help. She's awesome. So what is the environment in which that you hear Cash Page and recognize this isn't just a new artist or an artist. This is one for me. I'll take it with me. I think for me, I just kind of always look again for that like intangible quality. There's just something about her that I think is really special. And and working with her, I think it was really reflective of that. Like it was so effortless. <laughs> her verse, I feel like fit so perfectly and elevated the song in such a way that was so easy. And she just kind of sent it to me like it was very easy as well. She was like, oh, I just I just did this. Let me know. <laughs> and um yeah, and I think that that's, that's what I look for in a collaboration is that it doesn't feel contrived or forced or put together. It just feels like 
an effortless like combining of the energies. Yeah. You know? The way that you incorporate your sexuality into your music is incredible. Thank you. I think of you as like, like as a, a, in the same sense as Janet. Mm. Well, she's like my idol. I mean, just and Brittany. immediately took control. Yeah. Right? Like, and I think both of those women 100% really kind of have taken. I, I love when, when women can take sexuality and flip it and make it soft and make it hard and make it both like bad bitch and also vulnerable. Well, here's, well, well hi, Jeremiah. You go sit over there and you do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing, you know, because yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's always, it's, it's so historically and frustratingly being the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now, hopefully it feels like when these albums like this, artists like you are taking strong steps towards yeah. resetting that balance. Does it feel that way for you? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I I think it's it's important to be a part of that. For me, that's just how I also, I think, how I express my sexuality a lot of the time. Yeah. Because I just feel so empowered when I'm on stage or when I'm performing that honestly kind of, it's like there is a sexual energy that kind of comes through you to a certain extent. There's like a power in that. There's also you know, in vulnerability and in softness and in sensuality. Well, it's all connection. Totally. And tactility. Those are things. That's the thing about performing is it's, for fans, it's the closest pretty much any of us will get totally. to tactility within the artistic space. Yeah. And that's why that friction and that energy is so electrifying because yeah. it's unrequited at its core. Absolutely. You know? And I love being able to play with that dynamic. And I love when the music sounds like that, when the videos look like that, yeah. creating that tension. I love it. It's so fun. Yeah, no, I for feel sure. like my fans love it too. Oh, let's talk <laughs> about your fans. That's a, that's a beautiful place to, to, to get to now because one of the things I love about the modern age is the access that artists and fans have to each other and the directness of conversation. Absolutely. And I feel you seem to have a really clear idea mm-hmm. about who your fans are mm-hmm. and what matters to them and how, why you matter to them. In a really, a lot of times I speak to artists who feel kind of, they love their fans, but, but they're afraid to say, yeah. my fans love me. You know, I love yeah. my fans. It often goes the other way. I love my fans. Well, I, I love like my sometimes fans. Sometimes people feel victimized by their fans in a way, which is which is which is strange. Well, that's that is a byproduct of success and access. Totally, those two words coming together right now in the social media age can blur the lines between respect and expectation. Yeah, <laughs> it gets toxic very quickly. You know, it's like I expect this from you. It's like, do you know me really? Right. Or are we getting to know each other? Right. And I feel like you have had the time to get to know your fans. That's the difference. Totally. And I feel like because we've been through this journey together, a lot of them have seen... I think what my fans appreciate the most about me is that I have taken my career kind of in my own hands. And they've realized what I've gone through in order to give them the art that they appreciate. And they express that to me a lot. And they show how grateful they are and that makes it worthwhile for me like that's the piece that is like okay I'm inspiring people as opposed to you know just giving them something that they can bop to which is great and like you know that's the core of like what the music is but at the same time on a personal level being like you inspire me by you know going through this journey putting out this music never stopping you know your work effort effort you know I think that's... Oh, you have one of the best work ethics of any modern artist around. Yeah. You know, you've already Ethic. got... That was the word I was looking no, for. No, effort worked as well. 
Trust me, if you're the last person I'm going to correct. My work effort. Trust me, you're not in a situation right now in your zone where you you need anybody to correct you. But it leads me to the idea of touring and playing shows, which, yeah. you know, God willing, that's going to happen. And we got to take it really thoughtfully, but great, you've put shows on sale. Yeah. And taking Rayami is a very tenacious thing to do. She's awesome. <laughs> She's so amazing. Yeah. So why did you choose her to go out with you again? It's not a question I ask very often, but it's just such a sick bill. For me, I think it's what the people want to see. Like, give the people what they want. I want to give people something that's inspiring, fun. She's cool. She's fresh. She's got that positive energy, which I love. And it's a healthy female level of innovation as well. Like, Absolutely. she's an innovator. Totally. That's exciting. It's going to be a great show. I just want the show to be as good as it possibly can. So you're you're now not only a businesswoman, you're a businesswoman. Yes. <laughs> to quote Jay-Z, you know, it's yes. like, it's pretty incredible the way that you're building up your infrastructure from the center of your music, yeah. which is the right way because that's what you love to do. Yeah. What else do you have your eyes on? No need to tell us anything that's still tucked away in the research lab, but I can imagine that you, you're going to take this confidence and apply it in all these different ways now. Absolutely. And I see my career just kind of having an opposite umbrella effect, like just kind of expanding out the music obviously being the core. And I think once I feel fulfilled in that, I feel way more open to exploring other avenues. And like I said before, I just like making things. I like being a part of creating things, whether that be, you know, writing, TV, film. I want to be able to get into all the aspects of creative move that in whichever way, cooking, you know, I like making things, art, painting, um, fashion, fashion's a big part of that, dance, movement. I think bringing even that, expanding the dance community and how people look at dance. I'd love to just continue to expand. I don't really look at my future as like a checklist of things I want to do. It's more so like- Remember? Totally. It was that. It really was. It was that. That's why you were (laughs) kind of- you were bummed out because yeah. it was just like, is this what I dreamt of? Right, right. That I'm on everyone else's schedule and everyone else's checklist? Right. And I wow. think that that's, that's where the freedom is. That's where like the joy lies. Yeah, she's amazing. The album is great. All the albums are great, but this new one just feels very free and very much on her terms. And that's really where great art thrives. So Tanache, really enjoyed that. Thank you for taking the time. And if you took the time, please add a rating or a comment. We're right across it. And check this out every single week simply by following it. And we won't let you down. All right, thanks. 